Hey, Meg. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Hi, welcome. Thank you, Megan, to the movies that the bad are rock. Yes, we are consummate professionals. I know how to count down numbers, and I take Pickle's collar off um, before we go now so that she doesn't jingle in the background. One out of two ain't bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you, you will have to decide which of the two. I mean, you won't be able to hear the counting because that gets cut out. But the jingles, mm-hmm. if you hear any jingles, then you'll know what she was lying about. It's a scavenger yeah. hunt for your ears. I also, um, and, and ignore this if you're playing the scavenger hunt, but um, I definitely wanted kudos from Amber before we started that I had gone ahead and took Pickle's collar off. And I think instead of saying good job, I said, damn it, now I'm the one making all the mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> now you just have to contend with Brooklyn behind you. Brooklyn, my my dog, my own inability not to hit my microphone or just mm. get really fidgety, you know, like sitting still for any length of time, super hard. Yeah. So. It is hard. Hey, Amber, what did we watch last time? Red. And what did we watch this time? Also red. Two. All right. It was red two. It was not yes. the same movie. And I know that because I didn't like it as much. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. We're going to try not to be too downer about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bear with us. I apologize. I'm going to try not to be too critical. Maybe yeah. this was my mistake. I'm the one who had seen it before. And the fact that I didn't remember it very well should have been telling. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely... I mean, we'll get into it. That's true. There's definitely lots of fun parts about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more, again, a scavenger hunt for the fun uh, amidst the rest of it. And it, it, mm-hmm. it's, never trust a movie that's filed in the same place as Mission Impossible 2, which is in the vault mm. of, I know I saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then that's all I remember. Yeah. So many masks in Mission Impossible 2. They went mask happy. <laughs> I don't know. What do we do in this scene? Mm. Mm. it's Masks. not tom cruise it's somebody else mm. it is yep. tom cruise it's not somebody else mm. yeah, t- t- tom cruise was somebody else while somebody else was tom cruise oh ho 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 <laughs> exactly right oh dear it's clever amber it's highbrow it's yes. too highbrow my brow <laughs> is mid-level at best mm-hmm. so megan yeah mm-hmm. what all happens in red two succinctly but perfectly roger that All right, so we got Bruce Willis, we got Mary Louise Parker, and they are having just a totes normal life, Amber. And guess what? Mary Louise Parker is bored. Bored as shit. Complainy as hell. So complainy. They're not communicating well. They're off the bat, Mm -hmm. very clear, they're not communicating well. That's what John Malkovich says. He's He's got solid relationship advice. He's got very deep relationship insight, which isn't surprising. You know, LSD is actually pretty good for your brain. Exactly. I say that non-ironically. It's pretty good for your brain. I'm not sure giving it to you every day is good for your brain, but mm-hmm. it's, it's it's you know, decenters the self, makes you more mm-hmm. empathetic and connected. Yeah. Moving on, John Malkovich. So apparently they've been, um, John Malkovich and Bruce Willis have been targeted as members of Operation Nightshade, which is this... Um, operation during the Cold War to smuggle a nuclear weapon into Russia. And allegedly that weapon is still in Russia and now they're trying to find it before it gets blowed up. Something like that. Yeah, so they don't know anything about Operation Nightshade. Yeah. So then they have to find out. It's like it's a caper mm-hmm. within a caper within a caper. First yes. they have to figure out what Nightshade is. Then they mm-hmm. have to figure out how to deal with Nightshade, and then they have to figure out how to deal with Nightshade once they figure out where Nightshade is and and, and that it's not what they thought they had to deal with. Right, exactly. Oh, good at this. I am helping you. I am helping you so good right now. You very much are. Aww. Yeah. Um, we meet Catherine Zeta-Jones, who plays uh, Katja, um, who is a uh, Russian operative who apparently she and Frank have a past, Amber. Mm-hmm. She's Frank's kryptonite. Yes. So I hear. And then they find the guy who made Nightshade, who's, um, it, <laughs> it left my brain. I couldn't think of Dennis Hopper is what I was going to say. That's incorrect. Though, though I feel like Anthony Hopkins is the British Dennis Hopper or Dennis yeah. Hopper is the British 
Is is the not British Anthony Hop- like he's yeah. yeah yeah I feel like I feel like you can go kind of one for one across the pond Dennis Hopper Anthony Hopkins depending yeah. on the accent flavor you want yeah, or just true. the authentic authenticity flavor you want yes. they can both do whatever accent they want because they, they are can. professionals they're very professional but yeah, yeah. no I, I I'm feeling you I'm I'm feeling that connection yeah excellent it was wrong but I'm feeling it's very it. wrong I'm, yes. <laughs> So Anthony Hopkins is the doctor who made this nightshade weapon. And he's been locked away. Amber, he's been he's been ice. He's been ice. Mm-hmm. He's been put on ice. Yes. Which is incapable of oh, no. killing extremely. Oh dear. This again. At least <laughs> At least this time you wait. No, you still didn't actually do the letters either. Nope. Killing nope. begins with a K. Mm-hmm. And an ice, ice, ice in the middle of ice. There you go. Okay, yeah. so so you get that. You see that. Yeah. Okay. I do. Incarcerate mm-hmm. completely. No. Don't execute. Incarcerate can't execute. Shit, it's something like that. I, you, 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 I think you're right. I mean, you, you, you embrace the contraction, which they did not because they're British. Yeah. But yes, in, in mm-hmm. incarcerate, cannot execute. Yes, okay. I like that there's, I believe there's a comma in that acronym. Oh, yes, uh-huh. Incarcerate, <laughs> comma, comma, cannot execute. I don't uh, think that's, because I think that's how they showed it in they really? the captions. The oh, captions was so incarcerate, funny. comma, cannot execute, because that's, that's how the sentence great. would go. Yep. It's. Not sure I've ever seen an acronym that had a comma in it before, but Red 2 goes there. But there you go. Um, They end up locating him, um, and he's been apparently holed away for 32 years in a um, mental ward where he's been locked in a room. And of course, to demonstrate his mental instability, they have him have written all over the walls with like formulas and drawings and he thinks he's still a professor and he, um, you know, kind of recognizes Bruce Willis, but doesn't know what year it is, that kind of thing. So. He plays up the crazy. He does. Because dun, 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 we learn that, in fact, he was not locked away because he um, knows too much. He was locked away because he wanted to detonate Nightshade. And he knows too much. And he knows too much. Which, it, they were willing to kill he- Helen Mirren for not killing Bruce Willis. Like, Yeah, but they, but Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. who is, I loved this term. He was a rock star of conceptual mass killing. Oh, that's right. They did say that, didn't they? So he's got lots of stuff locked away in his brain mm-hmm. and everybody yep. wants to squeeze it out of him. But they don't want to yeah. kill him. But he is super right. dangerous. So they're going to kill his family and, and make it look like he's dead and then lock him right. away. Yeah. For 30 years. certainly didn't, like, make him definitely want to murder everyone. Yeah, which he already kind of did. But at least he, I guess, didn't want to murder his own countrymen. He was really focused on Russia at first. And then yeah. they really helped him kind of settle down on a on another target. Yeah, they helped him, yeah, mm-hmm. bring bring that baby back home. <laughs> Baby is the weapon. The baby is a weapon of mass destruction <laughs> created by a rock star of conceptual mass killing. Exactly. Um, Anthony Hopkins plays Bruce Willis and team. And then Neil McDonough backstabs um, Anthony Hopkins because he says, oh, now we're going to torture you and get out your secrets. Um, in Colorado. In Colorado. <laughs> very specifically Colorado. In a, in a prison in Colorado. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Okay. No, yep. not Colorado. Yes, exactly. So, unfortunately, the people who end up on the plane with Anthony Hopkins um, die, all die of nerve poisoning because they did not check his shoes, which were filled with nerve gas, mm-hmm. the most deadly of nerve gas. Which he himself also developed, and the antidote to it, which he administers to himself, kills everybody else except mm-hmm. for Neil McDonough, who he also gives an antidote because he's going to want to see what happens next. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is um 
Anthony Hopkins bringing Nightshade to the Iranian embassy. And then he, um, of course, the, excuse me, the Iranian embassy in London because he wants to kill London because they killed his family. And uh, we learned that Nightshade, Amber, it's not a nuclear weapon. It's red mercury. Red mercury. And what is red mercury? It doesn't matter. What they want you to know about red mercury is it has the same destructive capabilities of a nuclear weapon mm -hmm. without the fallout. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. It is, it's it's neat, you know. Yeah. You can. I feel neat like it's a good weapon of conquest. You know, yeah. I want what you have, but I don't want you. Right, exactly. And I want to be able to get your stuff without getting cancer. Exactly. I want what you have, but I don't want you. I already said it mm -hmm. perfectly, and yes, then you had to yeah, get I'm into sorry. the nitty gritties of not wanting. Obviously, they don't want cancer. Apologize, Amber. I'm very sorry. You said it perfectly and I oh, well. fucked it up. I don't think I have enough brownie points for the shenanigans I've gotten up to lately. <laughs> I am in a hole. Oh. I'm in an asshole hole. I do feel I've gotten a little granular with this, but here we are. So um, then Bruce Willis, John Malkovich and team um, find the bomb. They grab it. They try to um, undo it. Disarm it. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> no, I like to undo it. They try to undo the bomb. They undo the bomb. Like a like a complicated just... knot, which is it's made of wires. I get mm -hmm, I get this again. Once once again, you have made a very good metaphor, simile, yeah. comparison, juxtaposition. Absolutely. One of those words is probably right. I'm not um, like you. I can't come up with the almost right word. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but John Malkovich, this doesn't stop him from cutting wires, which makes the um, timer go a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. um, There's some frantic, frenzied beeping. Yes. And it all comes down to um, they try to disarm the bomb. They can't disarm the bomb. They, um, Bruce Willis brings the bomb on board to um, kind of talk to Anthony Hopkins, plus get Sarah back. Um and uh, essentially, Anthony Hopkins says, anyway, good luck with that. And he um, kicks um, Bruce Willis, Mary Louise Parker, and the bomb case off the plane. And he flies off, Amber. Wait, why did you specify bomb case? Oh, interesting. He told him to take the bomb. Yes. So he picked up the case of the bomb. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why you, you specified case. That was very specific. As though yeah. that was important. Mm -hmm. Because Bruce Willis shoved the actual bomb into a side panel in the airplane. Planes, side panels are everywhere in planes. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. And there's nothing inside those side panels. Of course not. So it's a good you place to tuck away a bomb. Tuck away a big old bomb. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Anthony Hopkins detonates above safely in the skies, not hurting anyone. Yes. And making a beautiful fiery ball mm -hmm. for everyone to snuggle to. Yeah. Uh, and let's see, Helen Mirren shows up because the U.S. government slash Neil McDonough, uh, hire her to, oh no, yes. the British government wants her to and kill Bruce Willis. Does. Yeah. Neil McDonough hires Byung-Hun Lee yes. to kill Bruce Willis, which he's, mm -hmm. Byung-Hun Lee is, is thrilled about this because Bruce Willis is the reason he was incarcerated, lost his job as a Korean counterintelligence agent and had yes. to go slick ass assassin. He's the best in the world. Yes, and I, I feel like I've I left out both him and Helen Mirren and oh, they're okay. the best parts of the movie. And it's okay. I, I mean that's probably know. why you left them out. You were you were holding them in reserve mm -hmm. for our favorite parts of the movie. Right. We didn't mention yeah. Brian Cox either. He makes an appearance. He's also he one does. of the best parts of the movie. We can fantastic. I mean I I'm the one who made this granular and, and like microscope. I'm sorry. I'm the one who bogged down this description with needless needless detail. That's all right. You'll fix it in post. So, Amber, um, what did the critics say about this movie? They did not love it. 47 critics, 66 users on Metacritic. Okay. 44 critics and 63 for Rotten Tomatoes. Very consistent. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to agree. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, although the critics didn't like it for different reasons that I was annoyed with it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's ultimately the one reason why I feel like even though we weren't very excited about this movie, mm -hmm. it's still we still disagree. <laughs> yeah, I agree yeah. with 
the number. I don't agree with the reasoning behind it necessarily. No. I mean, they basically, I mean, and to a certain extent, they, they do hit on the fact that it's not as funny as the first one. They maybe take themselves too seriously and um, it's not as amusing as the first one. The best review I read, the one mm-hmm. that actually that actually I did agree with, was from Tasha Robbins for something called Dissolve. Never heard okay. of it. The focus is more on Sarah, Frank, and their repetitive, ugly dynamic than on the giddy mm-hmm. elements that made the first film fun. And that was like a 30% scored review. I'm like, exactly. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly. Why are you the only person? Everybody else was saying silly pointless yeah. things and, and docking the movie for, you know, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a bad action movie. It's reductive. It's repetitive. It's... You know, we've seen it before and, you know, they they underutilize their star power. And and yes, I do agree that they did not give enough screen time to the best parts. But the thing that bothered me the most, Mm -hmm. and I believe you, my friend, would agree, was the repetitive, ugly dynamic taking up way too much screen time and and, and making Sarah's character much more annoying. Yeah, that, that, yes, it's... It's very, it's a very frustrating and stereotypical role to put a woman in that, like, she just, she, um, you know, is bored by just domestic life, but, so she wants the danger, but anytime she actually gets in danger, um, she spazzes out and doesn't know how to handle it. And wants um, to be rescued. And wants to be rescued. Yeah, it's a very, yeah. like... And then you introduce another woman who mm-hmm. Bruce Willis has a past with, and she's immediately threatened by her, and then acts erratically and vindictively yes. and violently to a mm-hmm. certain extent. Jeez, oh, yeah. And yeah, I don't love that dynamic. Mm-mm. It's not. It is. It is very. I've seen it a lot, and it's mm-hmm. not in movies that I think are fun, and it's not in movies that tend to have like good women roles in it, and which yeah. is a shame because then you have Catherine Zeta-Jones and Helen Mirren. Yes. Being fantastic. Yeah, they're they're badass. Well, and you'd mentioned that um this is a similar kind of situation that Cameron Diaz is in um during Night and Day. Night and Day. I knew I saw it in your face. I read it yes. in your face. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have remembered it if I weren't looking right into your yeah. eye holes. Perfect. Um and you know, but Cameron Diaz, like sure she's in a um like uh place that she or like a situation that she doesn't understand but she does have skills she knows she's a mechanic she knows how to drive she knows how to fix things she knows how like and like they play up those skills she does have and she's like you know out of her element but not a complete princess in distress that needs to be rescued exactly exactly and 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 she asks for information she Mm -hmm. asks for lessons as opposed to in the case of this movie she just wants a gun yeah. And then when she has a gun, she demonstrates that she does not know how to use it. And then yeah. she demonstrates that she does not want to use it, but she still mm-hmm. wants a gun. Yeah. And so it's that without acting with strength, without acting with good judgment, and and you can still, like, I feel like, yeah, Night and Day walked the line, at least for me, really well. And having that playful, inexperienced naivete combined with competence and relatively rational decision making without being kind of a sociopathic robot in the face of extreme yes. danger. Like kind of yep. understanding that danger is happening and not treating it like a video game. Can exactly. we just kill her? Uh, yeah, that's what yeah, Mary Louise Parker said of Catherine Zeta-Jones at some point. It's like, no, you can't. She's a Russian operative who has like 45 bodyguards around her and is really good at her job. You, Even if you could, you wouldn't last long. So. And she has information you need. And yeah. the only reason you really want to kill her is because you're threatened by her and yeah. the past that she has with the man who says that he loves you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you're not trusting him. You're insecure. You're like, I don't like that dynamic and it's completely no. unnecessary. And it's it's playing into kind of misogynistic tropes of women in competition with each other at all times. Yes. And it takes up way too much of the movie. Oh, so much of the movie. The entire, like, that first car chase mm-hmm. is entirely that. Yes. Like, that's what's driving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm getting in too deep into the negative, but I, I'm no, glad. No, but, but these I feel are like the... I'm hoping we can leave it all in the Critics' Corner and then yeah. get to the part where we celebrate the movie. Yes. Okay. Bye, Critics' Corner. It's a little singed this time. Uh, yeah, just a little know. bit. Well, I'm not I mean, even sure it was anger at the critics. Just it was. It was. I just had a lot of vitriol to get out. Yeah, fair. Well, I think that the, the basic is they don't they don't necessarily like it, but not for the reasons that we don't like it. 
Exactly. Be smarter about why you don't like things, critics. Yeah. So, Megan. Yes, Amber. Mm-hmm. This movie begins. Yes, it does. It does begin. Kind of a what is big home like a Costco Sam's Club mm-hmm. yep. situation. And of course the thing that I register is not Mary Louise Parker staring at an older couple struggling to get groceries and we're supposed mm-hmm. to be kind of depressed by this and see that she's seeing her own life fast forwarding and not really appreciating it because she wants danger and romance and foreign yeah. countries and I don't care about any of that. What I cared about is that she was mm-hmm. eating a bag of caramel corn. Yes. It's like that HG creator shit. That's yeah, good. It is I good. Like, I like that Chicago mix. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. That's what does some... the Chicago mix have it in it? Well, it's, it's the cheddar and the caramel corn. It's you go, delicious. you get that sweet and you get that salty. It is very good. Yeah. I get the little things in my teeth. I can't eat it. I won't do it. I don't like things in my teeth, but I remember. Yeah. I remember when I was willing to suffer for that flavor. It's delicious. And I love it. And then later, later when they're shocked uh-huh. by an exploding car, mm-hmm. she, she squeezes the bag, popcorn <gasps> falls out, but it's just normal popcorn. Ugh. And at first I was really offended. At first yes. I was, I was upset. How? dare they how dare they not have actual caramel corn in mm-hmm. that caramel corn back but then but then and wait a minute yes good on you for not wasting good ass caramel corn yes you were redeemed yep you yep. thought you thought ahead 10 steps i was still on six yeah you were, you were there ahead of me and i that's how i know there's at least going to be some good in this movie yeah and it was a roller coaster ride of your emotions that happened in those like 30 seconds after that shot happened. Yes, and you are on that ride with me. Mm-hmm. I was loudly exclaiming about the popcorn <laughs> and then contemplatively retracting it. You know what, Amber? Popcorn is a very important thing to me, so I will stand solidly behind you. No, I know. You You were not mocking me. You were on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the logo for BMR is popcorn. And you designed that logo. I did. That was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> what was your favorite Excellent. part? Wow, that was uh, over early. So we learned that um, Bruce Willis and John Malkovich are being um, hunted down because they know about Nightshade, which they don't. Um, that Helen Mirren has been contracted to kill them. And we see Helen Mirren being asked to do this by a MI6 guy coming into her um, house. And there's just bodies on the floor. And she's... And then she calls um, uh, Bruce Willis to let them know that she got this contract uh, to kill them. And she's just got bodies in her bathtub that she's just pouring acid on. You get the PG-13 version of extremely competent assassinating on Helen Mirren's part, where you just see a a leg and a shoe in a bathtub Mm -hmm. and her wearing an exquisite gown. Yes, she looks good all the time. And dumping chemicals on the body in, in the bathtub. You don't have to see the body getting melted you don't have to see any of the gore you just know exactly what's happening as like the fumes rise and she continues to have this very relaxed conversation uh, Mm -hmm. with with them about the fact that she's been contracted to kill them yep yep exactly yeah it's that that sweet ass pg-13 ultra violence yep where you're not allowed to see any blood or gore or boobs or butts or hear an f word but you can watch so many people die in so many different ways yeah and just dream of the body melting that's happening three inches below what you can see use your imagination kids Mm -hmm. that's what we keep telling you to do yep um so we've got that and then we're introduced to uh byung hun lee as um because uh Neil McDonough has hired him to come in and kill Bruce Willis. And um, so he's introduced by this really cool scene of um, he's going to meet a, I don't know, underground um, bad guy that um, he's he's meeting with. And the bad guy is talk- asking him to kill another bad guy. But they made him, they made... Um, Byung-Hun Lee like stripped down and then just wear a robe so that they knew that like you know he was safe he was safe to talk to and offer this um uh contract to um and so the underground um mob guy gives Byung-Hun Lee a photograph of who um he wants him to kill what happens Amber well Lee uh starts folding the photograph mm-hmm. while the guy is still talking to him about, you know, the contract and what he wants him to do. And, and mm-hmm. Lee's like, wow, your security is really good. Yeah. Unfortunately, the guy in the picture pays better than you. 
And then he makes like a little stabby stabber and then just like quickly stabs the guy in the throat so fast that the guys on the camera don't notice it. And the boss man sort of just collapses over a little bit, but is still sitting up. And then Young Hen Lee just walks out. Yep. It kind of looks like he's just bowing to him or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, And it's one of many bloodless murders that happens by stabbing somebody in the throat. Yep. Or in the chest. Anthony Mm -hmm. Hopkins stabs a lot of people in the chest. He had a magic knife that apparently just gave people internal injuries that did not bleed. The knife never got bloody. The people never got bloody. The Mm -hmm. floor never got bloody when they were lying on it. But the knife goes in. The knife comes out. The person dies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I he he was a super scientist. Yeah, magic. He was a rock star of conceptual mass killing. It's a nano knife, Amber. It's a nano knife. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfected the nano. Oh knife. God, you win! You win this podcast. <laughs> that so was good. a motherfucking nano knife that he developed without ever having seen Doom because yeah, he'd been incarcerated for thirty-two yeah. years. Oh, they didn't give him access to those movies. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea. It just slides in and then he unnanos it and it's mm-hmm, a yep. knife inside yep. of them. And then yep. he re-nanos it and pulls it out. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's that's yeah. perfect. That's It's the perfect murder, Amber. We should cut this out of the podcast. It's too good. Yeah, I was just thinking that. He kills so many people personally. Yeah. And then he also wants to set off his his bomb. Yeah, he also wants to murder all of London. I mean, he wanted to murder all of somebody. He just Already. needed a target. Like yeah. he just needed a target. He didn't yep. care who. That's yes. Which again, I feel like you can drop the conceptual from the mass killing thing. Like mm-hmm. he was a rock star of mass killing. He was. He didn't want to think about it, and and then just just be content there. He wanted to think and then do. Right. But it he never got a chance a, to do. They put he, him away before he could do. Exactly. Although so the, was, he definitely made plenty of toys that I'm sure did plenty of damage in the long run. You would have to believe so. But yeah. it was clear he was just real excited to use them himself. Yeah. Red Mercury couldn't have been his first hurrah. I mean, no, we saw the nerve agent at work. Oh, yeah, we did. The nerve agent that was hidden in the shoe. Oh, fuck. I forgot how many, murder, how many people he murdered there, too. Yep. Yep, on that plane. You were right, though. As, as he was sitting on that plane... <laughs> In that cage, mm-hmm. clearly about to do something terribly nefarious. Mm-hmm. Megan was like, how are you not going to search him? He's yeah. wearing so many clothes. He could so have so clothes. much stuff hidden in there. And he's yeah. a super genius of murder time. Yeah. Why you would just... you? He just like pulls out a bobby pin from his chest pocket and unlocks his handcuffs. And then goes on to pull out nerve agent from the peel of his boot. Exactly. Which we'd been shown earlier when they go to a, an old safe house in Moscow, I guess. Yes. That's just like stocked with a bunch of Cold War era murder stuff that he developed. Yeah. And then uses. Murder stuff. Yeah. Ooh, that actually reminds me. Because I was thinking, you know, Chekhov's murder nerve agent shoe heel. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's also a jar of spiders in this movie. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's in John Malkovich's car. Mm-hmm. Obvi. He delivers a line that I can't remember, but definitely made me laugh. But then you hear some pounding from his truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you, essentially, John Malkovich reveals that he's not dead, helps Bruce Willis and Mary Louise Parker escape from the situation that is unfolding with the whole, we need to kill you because you know about Nightshade, but you don't know about Nightshade, but whatever. Mm-hmm. They're making an escape. Then they hear the, the banging from the trunk. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I just have like a military in- intelligence officer back there. I've been marinating his onions for a few days now. Yep. <laughs> what does that yeah. mean, Megan? Well, apparently it means dosing him with LSD and uh, giving him rats to play with. Exactly. And it culminates in a scene where... Mary Louise Parker and Bruce Willis are having a conversation in the foreground. In the background, you see that he's pulled this man out of the trunk. John Malkovich mm-hmm. has, has pulled this man out of the trunk, slaps him in the face, then they hug. Mm-hmm. Then he slaps him again, then they mm-hmm. hug again. Yeah, yep. And Mary Louise Parker's like, where do they teach you these things? Mostly from manuals, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's ready to talk. Yep, yep. <laughs> they broke yeah. him down. They broke him down. And you didn't have to see any of it because, again... PG-13. Exactly. But it's it, at one point, I, I think 
John Malkovich is just holding the jar of spiders while sitting on the edge of the trunk oh with yeah. this military intelligence officer. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's still there, but they actually never use it. So it's not even a, a Chekhov's jar of spiders. I know. That was kind of disappointing. It's just sort of there. Yeah. So uh, at some point, and I, I, I know we weren't really going to go back to kind of the things that were annoying us, but I do want to say that, so at some point, Bruce Willis gets tricked by Catherine Zeta-Jones to come out and um, with her, and she, instead, instead of giving him information, steals the um, safe deposit key he needs um, and gives and poisons him, or uh, paralyzes him, I suppose, with a... With a non-deadly parasitic um, paralyzing thing. Anywho. Paralyzing, yes. You got it in three. Yep. Um, And then we see Bruce Willis back um, in the hotel with John Malkovich and Mary Louise Parker, and he's just paralyzed on the couch, can't move, and Mary Louise Parker is just fucking slapping him. Like, at first it seems because she wants him to wake up, and then John Malkovich explains that, like, he's awake, he can feel what you're doing he just can't talk yet we have to wait and that incites her to slap him i don't know at least another half dozen times yeah she just keeps wailing on his face because she's mad at him for going to meet with Catherine zeta jones who mm-hmm. said she had crucial information and john malkovich is like don't do it she's your catnip and then she's like i'm jealous this is stupid and so she's mad at him for getting poisoned because he's too good to have gotten poisoned and the fact that he did get poisoned still means that he has feelings for her right and then she just violences him it's really she just like hits him repeatedly while he can't defend himself yeah it's it's very it's actually very upsetting to me like it it's it's violence done on somebody who can't move. Like it doesn't yeah, matter like that. that like she's a woman and he's a big tough guy. Like it's still not okay, Amber. Yeah, Don't. it's yeah, yeah the fact that yeah that she's a woman. She's she's not punching him. She's slapping. It doesn't matter. He can't move. He can't defend himself. He can feel that, and you're hitting him because you're mad at him for mm-hmm. what you presume to be emotional infidelity. That doesn't yeah. make it okay. That's not. And then she goes on a shopping spree with his money. Yeah. And then gets mad at him for not complimenting her on the dress and animal fur that she's wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just a very petty kind of feeling and just upsetting. I mean, Amber, just don't do a hit. Don't, don't do, do a, a don't don't do a hit. Is, are you are you talking to me like a toddler right now? I am talking to you in um, the McElroy brothers ease from their TV show. I see. It was a more you know kind of thing. Do, 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 do. And then don't do a hit because Travis hit Justin for um, pretending there was a spider on his shoulder. Because uh, Travis is terrified of spiders. Well, don't do a mental torture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, both why are don't true. We, why don't we have that too? Like maybe, you know, I feel like a hit is a lot nicer than psychologically bullying somebody. Yeah. I feel I mean, like there should be consequences for that. If those consequences are a punch to the face, so be it. Yeah. I'm not, say- I'm not saying what Marilyn Louise Parker did was okay. No. But I'm also saying that it's not like Bruce Willis pretended that she had her worst fear on her face. Yep. He just <laughs> went and met with somebody who had information that he had a past with and might have some feelings for, but obviously not the same feelings that he has for her because mm-hmm. he is faithful to her. And I really don't understand why we have to just embrace that catty, jealous dynamic. Mm-hmm. At the very least, Catherine Zeta-Jones didn't necessarily, I mean, but she was a bit condescending about her. Dismissive, as though she weren't a threat, but then she also didn't necessarily, she wasn't really making a play for Bruce Willis either. I don't know. It was weird. And then they just kill Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, although it doesn't look like that was a fatal shot, but fine. Yeah, they they just killed her, which was kind of... I guess she's dead. She got shot in the hip, and then she (laughs) died very quickly. Died of hip fracture, I guess. Died of a hip fracture, a bloodless hip fracture. Yeah. Oh, maybe she'll come back for Red 3. Who knows? We don't know. So after they um, killed Catherine Zeta-Jones, um, John Malkovich, Bruce Willis, and Mary Louise Parker are taken to be um, firing squatted dead um, by, I don't know, the Russian officers. Listen, people can be fire squatted dead, Imber. I don't know why you're giving me that look. I believe you said firing squatted dead. But yes, you can be either a fire squatted dead or a firing squatted dead. Those are things yep. that are 
words. Yeah. So, um, but guess what? Um, they know Helen Mirren, and Helen Mirren is a dead ass shot. And so we get possibly one of the best uh, scenes in the whole movie, which is <laughs> Helen Mirren <laughs> saving their asses by like she's up on a hill. She's lying down. She's sniping, like, she's sniping people. She's sniping the um, chains that are holding them up. She's, like, just, like, laying down cover fire so that they can get away. And all, all while she's doing this, um, <laughs> Brian Cox is there. He's got his own gun. He, to my knowledge, didn't shoot anything. No. Because all, his eyes are on just on Helen Mirren. He can't help but look at her while she's... He is laying on his side facing her, propped up on one elbow. And you can see like her foot is slightly out of focus, but you can mm-hmm. see like one of one of her her legs is bent and her toes yep. are in the air and he's just completely focused on her toes. Mm-hmm. And 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 he comments on the fact that like every time she shoots somebody, her toes girl. <laughs> like he is transported by yes. this vision of her. Mhm. As <laughs> she and he keeps talking about it and she's like oh you yeah she's 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 like doing these um like amazing shots and and also smiling at brian cox flirting with her because um he's so enjoying watching her do her work it is it i think that next to just watching bian Lee kick ass yes are probably yes, my favorite moments amazing. in the movie yep absolutely it was just charming i don't know it was it was just great he sniffs her shoe. Listen, people are into things sometimes. Whatever you're into, as mm-hmm. long as you're both there. Yeah, awesome. exactly. They both yeah. seem very happy. And then and then when they part, there's a cute moment where, you know, they share a kiss. And yeah. he's like, if, if the world is still here in a week, mm-hmm. I'll meet you in, in Turks and Caicos. And they're both yeah. very, very, like, they live their own independent lives. They do yeah. what they love. They come together. They are living mm-hmm. a beautiful truth. Yes, and it's it are. is it is one of the best relationships on screen I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But in the same scene, you have Mary Louise Parker standing maybe a foot behind Helen Mirren while they're kissing and having this romantic moment, just like staring at it hungrily, and it's very disconcerting. It kind of ruins it a little bit. Yeah, Mary Louise Parker in that scene was just disturbing, like just kind of horning in on somebody else's like love. Yeah, it's it was. Weird. She was looking thirsty. For that, just, just and it, it was uh, try it, like the movie meant it to be charming, but it came off as creepy. It was very creepy. Yeah, it was. It was like she wanted to consume them and and yeah. their happiness and make yes. it her own. If I eat it, it will be mine. Yes, it did look a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, so they're great. Mm-hmm. They're just oh, yeah, not enough of them in the movie. Too much of. Sarah and Frank. Yeah. Just not feeling that relationship. No, not anymore. It was not much anymore. better in the last movie. It was much better in the last movie. Mm-hmm. So thanks to stress. There was still mm-hmm. good action. Yes. There was some good byung hun Lee choreographed scenes. Yes, absolutely. We had the, the, very, the very quick quick scene in the mini mart. Mm-hmm. That was, that was nice. Yep, where he, he takes took out down all those yeah. cops. Well, still handcuffed to a to a freezer door. Yep, there was a lot of enemies not killing each other or frenemies not killing each other, so that mm-hmm. they could be around later. Even even when Anthony Hopkins decides to give the antidote to Mil- Neil McDonough and yep. then brings him along to the Iranian embassy, and then he kills all the Iranians, and then he sets off the weapon, and then he stabs Neil McDonough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it they seem like a long way to go just to stab him before the bomb went off like i, I thought he, he was just... gonna make him watch the bomb go off or something I did too i feel like that's worse you know like yeah. you watch the timer i don't know whatever yeah and and it's not like and it's setting it off in london too so if he has any loved ones they're probably back in you know the u.s and right i don't know or unless he's like bruce willis and he brings his helpless loved ones with him on dangerous missions because it it's be. the only way they can express their love for each other mm-hmm. is in high stress situations that they're ill prepared to handle exactly gotta stop harping on that (laughs) bad amber that's not fun 
And then I feel like, oh, Byung-Hun Lee does have that one good line when it's it's John Malkovich gives very good relationship advice. You yes, know, he talking does. about like communication oh, yes. and feelings mm-hmm. and he's some, something about like he took the road to, to healthy feelings or something like that mm-hmm. delivered yep. with all of the, you know, crazed somber sincerity that John Malkovich in that character's role can can muster. Yes. And at one point he says, you know, it's it's the same it, it's if there's one thing I know, mm-hmm. it's women and covert ops. Yes. And Bruce Willis is like that's two things and Young Hunley looks at him very seriously. Grasshopper is it? Nice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's very stage just advice. Completely serious. Like stone-faced yep. serious. Yeah. And it's just, it, yeah, it's just, it's somehow it's charming because he and John Malkovich both agree on this like relationship advice. It's yep. adorable. Deadly seriously. But also mm-hmm. there's just like a little bit of a glimmer to, to us. Oh, so it's, it's good. And then Byung-Hun Lee and, and Helen Mirren have a fun, ridiculous montage of scenes yes. where he's driving and she's shooting and they're just taking people out in cars there's ridiculous they have their own like gr- guitar riff and yes. rock scream anthem oh, that shows up every so time good. it shows this blue sports car with those the two of them in it and he just does some extreme driving like under a truck you know um I don't know. It's just yep. very, very good. Yep. All T- of it. Does, does a thing where he spins around in an intersection. It goes into slow-mo. Helen Mirren sticks both of her hands out both windows and shoots mm-hmm. two cars simultaneously through the windshield, killing everybody inside. And then he zooms out the other side of the intersection where the cars collide with each other. And like all flip to the 50 feet in the air. Exactly. And then that music shuts off. We go to other people. Then we come back to them. Exactly. Yes. Oh, and Amber and I were both saying like I would watch that movie. Like, oh yeah, the Those two, two of them together, on adventures. Yes, please. They're both assassins. Mm-hmm. I would watch the shit out of that spinoff. Yeah, they're so good together. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Cox comes in occasionally, just to, to be just with like Helen Mirren, to be yeah. so boozy, flirty, and in love with her, and to see her just like <laughs> you. Oh, so good. Yeah. Oh, delightful. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I already spoiled the ending of this movie uh, during my description. Um, Anthony Hopkins gets blown up by his own weapon, um, and the world is saved. So there you go. So yeah. Amber, yes, on the do. rock scale, no. R for regrettable, O for outstanding, C for crazeballs, and K for K. What would you give this movie? You know what I would give this movie. Tell me. Tell me what am I going to give this movie? You would give it K with some crazeballs moments. Exactly. But probably a little too far and few to totally recommend agreed yeah yeah watch the first one then listen to this podcast mm-hmm. and you've basically watched enough of the second one yeah you've saved yourself uh, 116 minutes mm-hmm. well okay let's see you've saved yourself like 60 minutes mm-hmm. you're welcome <laughs> you we cut welcome. that time in half we did we are here for you mm-hmm so, Megan. Yes, Amber. Do an Abbey story? I will. Um, this is an old Abbey story. Um, and there's a video of Abby. Um, and as my mom was leaving, Abby calls her Daba. And this is when, like, Abby was first talking, first learning to talk. I believe it was the first time she was actually calling my mom Daba. And so they, my, um, I don't know, one, one of her parents filmed it. And, um, it's Abby standing on the couch, looking out the window, saying, Bye, Daba. Bye, Daba. Sherp? Because she gets um, <laughs> she gets distracted by a bird. And so she's saying chirp. But she says sherp instead because she's a tiny little human. And um, it reminded me so much of um, Up and the dog Doug saying squirrel that it, it makes me laugh um, to this day. When I hear birds chirping i say to myself sometimes chirp and then it makes me laugh (laughs) chirp bye daba bye daba chirp yeah the developing mind yeah it's adorables (laughs) hey amber do you have a recommendation yes megan i recommend that you watch justified (gasps) amber you don't say i do say you should watch it do you want to know why you should watch it why should you watch it amber I don't, I don't know, but I feel like you could tell me because you already did watch it because we watched I it together. 
did. So um, this is, uh, we're going right in, this is, um, you know, unheard of. We're going right in from an Amber recommendation to uh, Amber Got It Right, a podcast within a podcast where I tell Amber, Amber, guess what? You got this right. That is a very good recommendation. You're welcome, everybody, especially you, Megan. Yes, I appreciate it. I have watched this actually through a couple times. Um, One of the reasons um, it might have come up is because Neil McDonough plays just the worst human being, I think, in um, Justified. And he's got like a run for his money in a lot of different people on Justified. He's pretty bad. He's pretty memorably bad. Like when Duffy's... When Duffy comes around, like when Duffy gets better like more human but Quarles just gets less and less human he becomes increasingly unhinged yeah yeah Yeah. agreed okay yeah what is what is justified amber well megan i'm glad you asked justified was a show on fx Mm -hmm. it ran for five maybe six seasons i don't care enough to check and it starred timothy oliphant who is a personal favorite of mine i just i enjoy timothy oliphant as an actor i just i like the roles that he plays, there's something about him that is just amusing and appealing to me as mm-hmm. as a person who goes and does and pretends to be things. And he pretends to be a U.S. Marshal from Kentucky. Do you mean acting? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> he gets paid to pretend to be things and other people. <laughs> what? Is that not what he does? No, it is. It's acting, but... Okay. I'm sorry. I enjoy watching him hacked. Okay, good. Better. <laughs> Acting. So is, he's is a... It, is, is, is it, are we good? Did you recover? Yep, I'm, I'm good now. Yep. From my good, good description of, mm-hmm. of what acting is? Yep. Okay, good. He pretends to be a U.S. Marshal from Kentucky. He starts in Florida, mm-hmm. where the first scene in the show is him telling a guy, I told you to leave town. 24 hours ago i told you what would happen if you didn't and then he draws on him and shoots him yes. like old west style and then he gets transferred to kentucky because you're not really allowed to do that technically the guy did have a weapon on him but also he had threatened to shoot him and also it was a crowded restaurant so he doesn't get fired but he does get sent back home it was justified amber it was a justified shooting it was mm-hmm. justified he shoot basically he plays a guy with a badge who ultimately kind of just likes drawing down and shooting people like Uh knowing that he's faster and a better shot than people he's not really like a mass murderer but it is something he enjoys being allowed to do because of the badge you can tell Mm -hmm. he's very good at it he's very good at it Mm -hmm. and he's got oodles of swagger for a man who's originally from i think hawaii yeah yes he is yeah timothy oliphant just is very good at the swagger he wears this big old hat he wears Mm -hmm. these boots he goes deep into the whole Kentucky thing and then you just wind up getting to know a colorful cast of characters of like people well, from his life his old yeah. father his his nemesis yeah Walton Goggins Walt you- Goggins is a joy he apparently was supposed to die in the very first episode but people saw in the first episode what a joy he and Timothy Oliphant's um like antagonistic relationship was that they brought him back they're like yeah, he didn't die. Oh, <laughs> like he it looked like he died, but like he definitely just got shot in the chest and and didn't die. Yep. And he's the nemesis for the rest of the show and it it makes the show because Walt Walton Goggins is like this um smooth he's, he's talking, very he's very bad, but he's super yeah, and yeah. he's so intelligent and like it it reminds me sometimes of like what people describe as like the West Wing conversations where like He's super duper intelligent. And then like, and so is Timothy Oliphant. And they have these conversations where they're just like running around each other with words. That's just, it's so delightful. Yep. Oh, just and they, that big smile and just... Both and of them. Like, oh, I don't know them. who you're talking yeah. about because they both That's have true. these big, gorgeous smiles. That's true. Yeah. And so yeah, Walton Goggins is, is like the charismatic outlaw. And, mm-hmm. you know, Timothy Oliphant is, is the guy with the badge who's... Not that much better. No, nope, it just has a badge. Yeah, <laughs> it just has a badge, and they both have rules, and they both break yeah. those rules. And there's, yeah, and uh, his boss Art is fantastic mm-hmm. as the long-suffering guy in charge of an office of misfits. Tim is Tim. great. Is like, 
the sniper who is just so sardonic. Doesn't oh, say much, great. but when he does, it's beautiful. Rachel, it's beautiful. the other uh, U.S. Marshal, Marshal is yeah, she's great. Oh, she's great. Yeah, there's some good bad guys. The last couple of seasons, not as good. Falter a bit, but the first three, four seasons are beautiful, are just amazing. I find them wonderful. Yeah, so you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Enough to watch it a couple times. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed it enough to watch it a few times. Yep. Um, sometimes um, when I see your mom, I'll, <laughs> we both just look at each other and say, it was just fine. Because <laughs> you actually watched it with your mom. <laughs> we watched it together. I think the first time I watched it was when your mom was visiting San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Is that when we started watching it? When mom came so. to visit? Mm-hmm. Oh, neat. Aw, so now yeah. it's like a whole... Aw. Yeah. That just makes it adorable. Mm-hmm. Amber got it right. We both Amber recommend. Right. Yes. Justified. Or at least mm-hmm. at least the first few seasons. Yes. Feel free to I, stop after three or four. I ended up watching the whole thing again recently and not hating the last few seasons. It was only like last one or two seasons that were questionable. Um, and I, I still thought they were worth watching myself. Fair enough. They, Fair enough. They, it's it's... A, by comparison, they're not as good as the first four seasons, but they still hold up worth watching, I think. Well, excellent. Um, okay, well, uh, that's been lovely. We did mm-hmm. a great job. And yep. uh, bye, Megan. This was fun. This was fun. Okay. We had a good time. Yes, Amber. All right, so just to close it out, like I always do, I yep, will like say... like always do. Rock me Amadeus. Sure. Yeah, You. You. yep, you just said it. Mm-hmm. I did, and I said it. And that mm-hmm. it makes it the end of the podcast. It does. You're not going to have to explain what you mean mm-hmm. by it or why you said it or the fact that it's not what you say every time. You don't have to explain any of it. I just have to live with it. I have to mm-hmm. live in this emotional purgatory, apparently forever, indefinitely, mm-hmm. until you run out of nonsense, which I don't think is possible. Yeah, I don't think I, yeah, I'm a never-ending stream of nonsense. Rock me on my day, December. Bye. It'll fail one day. Bye, Megan.